this episode of the Weekly Wrap. I am Janine Ryan and I will be telling you about what you can expect to read in the 26th March issue of Farmers Weekly, which will be on shelf on 19 March. On the cover this week are Wagyu Cow and Calf. Also featured on the cover is an article about the salad kings of South Africa and an article on how the poultry tariff is good news for producers, but not necessarily good news for consumers. This issue also focuses on soil health and irrigation and includes tips on how to manage water salinity in irrigation crops and the importance of nematode control. So let's dive right in. Dr. Anya Steinberg runs her Wagyu stud on a farm in Mpumalanga. Her main focus is on seed stock production and producing purebred top quality Wagyus. She sells her cattle to commercial farmers who aim to increase the marbling of the meat they produce. Steinberg says the Wagyu has a placid temperament and can readily adapt to a wide range of climatic conditions. She also says that while the calves may require extra care to get them to maturity, the extra work is worth it due to the value of the Wagyu's meat. In terms of stud improvements, Steinberg is working towards improving the meat and milk qualities of the animals in her herd. She says that Wagyu's are known for their meat quality, but not so much for their milk production. Low milk production can make it difficult to raise calves, which is why Steinberg selects animals for strong milk qualities. Steinberg also uses embryo flushing in her herd. This, she says, has helped to increase the number of her animals in her herd rather quickly. She now has a herd of around 60 animals. She adds that Wagyu's are particularly fertile and that her heifers thus have a high conception rate. She made heifers for the first time at 24 months, explaining that they are fully grown at this age, which means they can spend the energy on raising their calves without compromising their growth. The value of the Wagyu is in marbling. Steinberg thus aims for a marbling score of between 4 and 7 on a scale of 1 to 9+. plus. In order to ensure perfect marbling, Wagyus are seen to slaughter at around 3 years of age, which is a year or more after other breeds are seen to slaughter. This means that genetics is essential, she says, to ensure that the additional feed and care invested in the Wagyu can be met by selling the meat for a premium. On to soil health and irrigation. It is no secret that soil health is imperative to ensure not only the sustainability of an operation, but also to ensure the sustainability of food production in general. Part of improving soil health is ensuring that water salinity is kept under control. In this week's focus, Farmers Weekly thus explains how farmers can make the most of saline irrigation water. So what's the problem? Well, excess salinity causes a buildup of salts in the root zone, which can reduce yield and even result in crop failure. This is because excess salts in the root zone negatively affects water uptake of the plant, which means plants have to work harder to absorb water, leaving them with less energy, energy to grow and produce. Salt is made up of chlorine and sodium. A high level of chlorine may cause toxicity and scorches roots and leaves. Excess sodium inhibits the uptake of other nutrients and results in poor water infiltration, surface crusting, and reduced hydraulic activity. So how do you manage water salinity? First, get your water and soil analyzed. This could indicate the cause of excess salinity as well as the extent of the problem. While most salts can be washed away with good quality irrigation water, a high level of sodium is harder to control as sodium binds with soil particles. As such, the sodium has to be made soluble again before it can be washed away. This can be done by adding gypsum. If salinity is a problem, you can also plant cr crops like beetroot, soybean and barley, which are known to be more tolerant of salinity. South Africa is a water-scarce country, so while washing away salinity may be an option in some cases, many farmers here have limited water available. In this case, farmers can reduce the area under production in order to ensure that more water can be used on the area. 
Farmers can also switch to drip irrigation, which keeps the, which keeps the root zone wet. There are many other solutions to the problem, but I'm not going to give away all the secrets. You can read all about this in the 26 March issue of Farmers Weekly. Let's move on to the Solar Kings of South Africa. In this article, we meet Michael Kaplan, co-founder of well-known salad leaves brand Dew Crisp. Dew Crisp supplies hydroponically grown salad products to the market and also sources produce from across South Africa. Dew Crisp has 10 hectares under production in Mildes Drift, another 200 hectares near Bapsontain, and 140 hectares near Philippi. It also has processing plants in the west and east round of Gauteng and French Hook in the Western Cape. Dew Crisp produce is grown under nets in plastic tunnels and in open fields, depending on the crop and its requirements. For example, Kaplan explains that tomatoes, English cucumber and peppers don't like water or cold air on their leaves, so they are generally produced under plastic. Shade nets are used for for the production of salad vegetables, as these are sensitive to sunlight, heat, and wind. Open field production is for hardier vegetables like sweet corn, onions, and cabbage. Dew Crisp makes use of closed and open hydroponic systems. In the case of tomatoes, for example, open hydroponics is used as tomatoes are particularly sensitive to diseases that could be spread through recycled water, which is used in closed hydroponic systems. Kaplan also says that farming under netting or other closed systems have become particularly specialized over the past few years with low profit margins. As such, he says that aspiring farmers should ensure that they use consultants to fill their knowledge gaps. In the news this week, accusations and counter-accusations are being thrown around regarding the trade of illegal cigarettes and the involvement of South African companies in the illicit trade throughout South Africa and even Africa. In a report released by the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, it is alleged that large multinationals are knowingly and massively oversupplying some countries in West and North Africa with cigarettes. Terrorist organizations and corrupt governments are then allegedly smuggling and selling these cigarettes for hefty profits. There's more information about this developing story on the Farmers Weekly website. Suffice to say, small manufacturers are accusing large multinationals and the large multinationals are accusing the small manufacturers. I suspect there'll be a lot more information forthcoming over the next few weeks. In another story of the news, the National Council of Societies for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals has been urged to rejoin the Livestock Welfare Coordinating Committee. The NSPCA left the committee when the majority of committee members changed their minds from opposing the export of live animals by sea to supporting this process. The committee has made it clear that it only supports this as long as animal welfare as per RIE regulations are adhered to. The committee has also said that the NSPCA are an important member of the committee and plays a valuable role in tackling animal welfare problems in South Africa. In the final news story I want to cover this week, there's some good news and bad news. The good news is that the Zanin Dam is now at around 70% of capacity, which is a huge improvement. The bad news is that it could have been at 100% if the remaining 30% hadn't been lost due to the incomplete dam wall project. The dam wall was lowered by government in order to reinforce it and increase capacity. However, it has run out of money to finish the job amid accusations of corruption and the looting of funds. Had the dam wall been completed, an additional 47 million cubic meters of water could have been collected. At the height of the drought, the Zanin Dam dropped to only 1% of capacity. This should be evidence enough that Zanin cannot afford to waste even one drop of water. That's it for this week. Be sure to grab the 26 March issue of Farmers Weekly, which will be available from 19 March. You definitely won't regret it. Even after 110 years, we are still providing farmers and role players with exclusive and valuable agricultural content. Follow us on our social media pages and engage with us. We always love to hear from our readers. Until next time, be safe and happy farming.